Okay, Parshas Vayigash, Tavshin Pei Beis, as we uh, get into the uh, the last stretch of Sefer Bereshis. And we left off, as we say each year, with a cliffhanger, the middle of the uh, conversation between Yehuda and Yosef. So much symbolism, um, you know, Mepharshim point out, connected to the Haftorah, the Haftorah of uh, Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David, a lot of symbolism between the, the conversation, what Yehuda uh, achieved through this conversation. Only after that, uh, Yosef acquiesces to reveal himself. You have to see this parsha in uh, in light of all the different pshatim of why Yosef did not reveal himself until until now. But let's focus now in this post Hanukkah world. Um, we'll focus on parshas vayigash. So, what exactly was Yehuda asking for? As the pasuk says at the beginning of the parsha. Vayigashi love Yehuda. Vayomer bi Adoni. Yehuda comes close and says, "Please, Yedabernav dechad davar bezne Adoni. Let your servant speak his word in the ears of my master. Va'al yichar abcha ba'avdecha. Do not get angry. Ki chamocha kefara." And Rashi quotes four different shatim. Some of them opposites. Right? Is he acting with humility? Is he acting with with uh, brazenness? Right? <laughs> what exactly is he doing? All different shatim uh, that Rashi is giving. But, what was happening until now? Like, let, let your servant speak in the ears of my master. Yehuda was speaking already. There was already a conversation going on. So, so what more was he asking here? What was the request? Says the Dubna Magin, source number one, quoted here in the Tova Pinim. What was the what's the emphasis of this uh, request? This is actually interesting because it's not a mushal of the Dubna Magid. It's just a thought. Uh, unusual. Oh, maybe the whole story is a mushal for us. So one can look at it that way. When a person speaks, it's not just about the content of what he says. It's about how he says it. It's about the expressions on his face. It's about the body language. It's about, um, you know, the, the level of his voice. Something that we miss in the Zoom world, right? Something that we maybe have missed over the past uh, um, years where there's been... Right, communication without connection, as it's called. That's been uh, m- much of the uh, technology that we have. If somebody speaks calmly and with a soft tone and clearly, then he's speaking, you know, with a seichel tzalul, with clear clar- clarity of thought. He's calm. But if somebody is screaming and angry, whatever he's saying, he's not saying with a calm and clear thinking. And if he's speaking with a choked up voice, that he can't even get the words out, with groaning, with beseeching, with tears streaming down his cheek, you know what type of state he's in. So it's not just the content of the words. It's got the same words, but it's a question of how it's expressed. How it's expressed. And that's what Yehuda was telling Yosef. Did they speak the same language? You don't know here. Was there the interpreter? Right? As we learned uh, last week, Menashe was in between... Says the Dubna Magid, what Yehuda was saying was, listen to me. Listen to my words. Maybe he was thinking, you don't even have to understand what I'm saying. But sometimes, even if you don't understand something, you know what the person is doing. You know how, how emesdic a person is based on how they're talking. They could be speaking Chinese. And I don't know anything about Chinese. But I see how they act. I hear the tone. And that itself tells me, you know, the type of, of, of conversation and what they're expressing. Yosef. 
Okay, you're right, you're giving us Rachmanus. What did he say? No, I don't want all of you to be Avadim. I'm just taking the one that stole. Whoever stole the goblet, then you could all go. So what's you supposed to say? No, it's not fair. That's the fairest that uh, fairest uh, prop, um, suggestion that can be made. So Yehuda says, I, I can't talk to you logically anymore, but I can talk to you from my heart. Right, whenever you have a translator, there's no hergish. Right, a translator, let's say you have a, at the UN, you have somebody speaking and you have it translated into 25 different languages. They're not getting the message because they don't hear it. They hear it from the dry and objective third party input. And that's all there is. I want you to hear my voice. You'll know my, my righteousness. That's what Yehuda was saying. Listen to my voice. Listen to my voice. Right? Not, not, just, not just listen to my words. He's going to talk. He's going to go through the same history now. Right, and the, um, but that's what the Torah is saying. HaTorah Meseperes Lanuzo says the Dubna Maginel, Lulam Deinu. What's the message for us from this story? Shemachusa de Rakia Kain Malchusa de Ara. The heavenly, the heavenly kingdom and Malchus is similar to the earthly Malchus. Lachain in Adome Tfila. Hanemeris Bitsura Yevesha Belil Lahat Varegesh. Latfila Hanemeris Behislavus. Bibichia Visachnunim. Sometimes we don't know what the words to say to Akarish Barachu. Sometimes we just feel lost. Sometimes we just, we know we want to connect, but we, we can't get the proper words out. We say the proper words, which is what Chazal created. But then we just have a feeling that we want to express. So says the Dodemagin, sometimes it doesn't even matter what we're saying. Hashem could tell by the ofi, by the type of, of voice and the type of, of expression that we have. Shaz afiluim enam is palo roy shetiskabal tfilaso. Hashem is barach mismali alav rachamim. Even if I don't want to listen to you, but if you're crying to me, if you're if you're in that state, then then I have, I have to listen, right? And that's what the Mishnah in Perkei Avos tells us. Gemara in Brachas darshins this: Al tasit keva. Don't make your tefila keva set. Don't make it dry. Right? The Kedushas Levi talks about this often in his um, in his sefer. No, not to do mitz mitzvahs, but tachlis hayaveshus. Not do mitzvahs dry. Right? The um, it's been pointed out. I should have given it to you. But the um, the Gemara says in Masechas Tainus that the Yavanim, there are different versions of what they wanted to do. This will be the Hanukkah connection. It's the first thought of Ayigash after Hanukkah. What the Yavanim want to do? So there are midrashim about Mila and Rosh Chodesh and Shabbos and Rosh. But the Gemara says two things they wanted to get rid of: Bikurim. They wanted to get rid of Bikurim, and they wanted to get rid of the Karbana Eitzim. Right? It was in Yana Daf Yomi uh, this, uh, this week. So why Dafka those two? And, and then it's the Mishnah is described how we, we put on a fake, and we brought the Karbana Eitzim, we made a ladder, and we put it on our, on, our, on our shoulder, so it's as if we're going to do work, and then we take the ladder apart, and that's, that's the wood, and we cover the Bikurim with other things. So why Dafka those two? Says the Marsha on the Gemara Antinus. Dafka Ches, I think it is. Because those two mitzvahs symbolize and are always done with a lot of simcha. Karbana Eitzim, there's a yantif. Whatever, if I bring the, a wood karbana, I make a yantif. Bikurim, remember the Mishnayis, everybody who's working stops working, says shkoyach, and they start dancing. The Yivanim knew that mitzvahs with simcha, that, that's what keeps Klai Yisrael going. And they wanted to, to get rid of those. They wanted to get rid of those. And that's the... Um, Attitude that we have to have, says the Dubna Magid, whether it's Simcha, whether it's Bechia, whatever it is, it's just gotta be with a Hergish. It's gotta be with, uh, with feeling, whatever the appropriate feeling might be, but that is, that's the message for us in terms of, in terms of Davni. Okay. We continue. So Yosef reveals himself, we've discussed that many times in past years. Yosef he can't hold, he can't hold back anymore. Which interestingly, it sounds like he would have wanted to hold back more. Like, what more was there to accomplish? Okay, but nobody was there. 
Is my father still alive? They couldn't answer him. The Medrash, the Beisalevi, others that discuss this. But then Yosef says, Vayomer Yosef Elechav, Kshuna Eli Vayigashu, come close to me. Come close to me. Vayomer Ani Yosef Achechem Asher Macharta Mosi Mitzrayim. Come close to me. What does that mean? Rashi quotes that he showed him that he had a brismila, which is elf is problematic, because didn't we learn last week that Yosef made all the Mitzrayim get brismila? Right, so what was unique about, about Yosef? Okay. Vayomer Ani Yosef Achechem Asher Macharta Mosi Mitzrayim. I am Yosef who you sold to Mitzrayim. Don't be sad, don't be angry. Don't be upset because I'm not upset because I recognize this is exactly what Hashem had in mind. Right, it's all to support you. It's been two years already of famine, another five years on the horizon. Right, if Yaakov hadn't come down, it's all part of the divine plan. Ask the Eish Tamid. Here of Druk in source number two. Right, we have to explain. What, what does Yosef mean? He says to his brothers, Don't be sad, don't be angry that you sold me. If Yosef would have gone straight from being sold to being the viceroy, then I could understand. You know, it's all, it's all good. It's all good. Don't worry about it. It was all part of the divine plan that you sold me. I became the viceroy. I'm in charge. But that's not what happened. As we know, there were a couple of decades. What happened in between the sale and becoming the viceroy? It wasn't all rosy. It wasn't all positive. For 12 years, he sat in jail. That Nisayon, Yosef is saying to the brothers, it's all, it's all part of the divine plan. What does Ashes Potiphar have to do with the divine plan? What does Yosef sitting in jail have to do with the divine plan? Right? Being sold and again going to become second in command, that I understand. But there was a lot in between. And here he says it. If he would have become a Mishnah Lamelech right away. And become ruler right away. I would have understood. I understand. That's why Hashem sent him. Sitting in jail, forlorn, thinking that everybody forgot about him, he's never going to get out. Asia's Potiphar. So not normal Nisyonos. Right? Right? And, and they're going to hear. He's going to say, don't worry, it was all part of the divine plan. They caused Yosef terrible pain. How could he say, no, it's all part. Vanir Levar Bazeh says the Ishtamid. We learned earlier in Parsha's Miketz, last week's Parsha. Yosef was the Mashbir, he was the Shalit. The brothers came to him and he was deciding whether to give them food or not. He recognized them. It doesn't sound like when we read the Psukim that Yosef delegated any of the job to give out the food. It doesn't sound like, it doesn't say that he had pekidim and even though that's what he told Paro, he said appoint somebody in charge and pekidim, maybe that was to gather the food. But to divvy out the food, it doesn't sound like Yosef had any, any helper. It sounds like he did it himself. He listened to the people who came who were needy and he gave out the food. That's what it sounds like from the Parsha. He was the viceroy. What was he doing? What was he doing being involved in the Masu Matan? He's like the storekeeper. He's giving a little bit to them. 
Right? He should be sitting in his palace and appointing uh, other people. Haridako Shalolam Husha Shalit Yoshiv Barmono. He sits in his palace. Why is Yosef doing this? Why didn't Yosef just have other people give out the food? So says the Eshtambin, no, no, no. Yosef felt that that was part of his job and part of the divine plan. Because only after sitting in jail and seeing what needy people, the state that they're in, being involved with the lowliest part of society, now he identifies with that. He could connect with all the different levels of society because he's been in the rut, he's been in the gutter, and now he's been in the royalty. And he wants to connect because he feels that everything that happened to him up until now was part of the plan to make him in this position because he's the one that could that could identify with all of those who come. Bira Inyan. She Yosef at Sadak Havin. Shatam Shin is Galo Hadavar Shyashav Yudbe Shanabesa Suram. He understood why do you have to sit in jail for twelve years? Bihlesha Yiras Saram shall call a miskainim. So he realized what it means to be a miskain. He realizes the Nebuchs. We only know he spoke to two of them, but Mistami probably knew all of them in the jail. Now when he stands up and people ask him, he could feel with them. Because you can't give unless you have that feeling. They tell that story about the, the Rosh Yeshiva. I'm fill in the blank which Rosh Yeshiva. I don't remember who is it about. Rosh Yeshiva is going to collect money for his Yeshiva. Who had, they have no heat. They have no heat. So he goes... To a, to a certain Kavir's house, he knocks on the door, the Kavir answers and says, come in, come in, come in! You know, I'll give you some, uh, I'll give you. He says, no, I, w- I wanna, you know, I wanna, I wanna talk to you. And it's freezing outside and the wind's blowing. He's like, come in, just listen on the couch! And the, and the Rashid doesn't go in. He's talking, he's talking, he's talking all about the Yeshiva. Okay, come in! He's talking, he's like, please! He says, okay, now I'll come in. He says, why'd you do that? He says, I wanted you to feel the cold. I wanted you to feel the cold before I asked you for some money for our heaters. Yosef felt that his the whole process, all the years, were so that he would be able to identify, so he'd be able to be someone who could successfully give out the food and the shever. How much pain how much need, and maybe like the first thought that we said, he could hear from their expressions, from how they, how they pleaded, that's why he wanted to give out the food himself, because he, he, he knew how much to give each person, he would be able to tell, you want a good job done, you got to do it yourself, so that's why Yosef's also able to tell the brothers, the whole thing is, the whole thing is that I become the viceroy in this position, and I realized that the whole process, I couldn't just become the viceroy. Because at that stage, maybe Yosef felt I was immature. I was a 17-year-old who was focused on himself a little bit. Masal Salbasairo. Chazal said, it's not me. Right? Only now, where maturity has grown on him and he realizes it's not about his own dreams, it's about other people's dreams. And it's about helping others. So he realizes the whole process was And that's why Yosef says about the whole process. Not only at the end game, even the 12 years, Yosef was able to look back and realize it was all part of the divine plan. Right? The problem is that we're not on the level of Yosef, but we have to have the emuna that it's also all part of the divine plan. Any tzara, any challenge, right? We don't, we don't understand, and we might not. Yosef was zocha to understand it a couple decades later. Sometimes we're given a little, little light to understand it, but it could be that we could be 120 years old and not fully understand it, and we're in good company because Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't understand it either. He couldn't understand everything that takes place in the world in terms of Sadiq Viralo. 49, 49 levels of Bina he could understand, but not, not the 50th. Not the 50th. So we have to recognize that and, and, and trust that everything is part of Kilomichia Shlachani Alech.
So Yosef continues, and now he sends a message to his father. He wants his father to come down, and he says, You'll be in Goshen. We've discussed in the past, at this stage, it's not Avram and Yitzchak. It's the Bnei Yaakov. Avram and Yitzchak were all about spreading monotheism and spreading the word of Hashem. Now that they're the Shvatim and the Shifteka, separate, to be an Orla Goyim from independent, to be an Eretz Goshen. I'll give you an, I'll, I'll feed you there. And then Pasuk Yudbeis. You see, your eyes see, and Binyamin's eyes see, Kipi Hamedaber Alechem. Kipi Hamedaber Alechem. What exactly does that mean? You see that my mouth is talking to you. Kipi Hamedaber Alechem. Unkelis, right? Rashi doesn't say any. Well, first Rashi. V'inei nechem roz, b'chvodi v'shani achichem, shani mo'okachem. V'od kipi amadabra aleichem, b'lashon ha'kodesh. Rashi says, pi, my mouth, meaning, look, I, I'm speaking Hebrew, b'lashon ha'kodesh. What, the Mitzrayim, nobody knew b'lashon ha'kodesh? Only Yosef did. That's somehow going to prove that he's Yosef. Unkelis also. Unkelis says, in your Lashon, I'm talking to you. You see, it's me. You see, it's me. Says the Meshachachma. Says the Meshachachma. Maybe a deeper idea or maybe a different shot of Pirush. Ultimately, the Meshachachma says, as he quotes a Medrash, it says Yosef couldn't hold back anymore. Mashba, he wanted to hold back more, but he couldn't. Because, as the Ramban says in Parshat Vayeshev, he wanted to bring a fulfillment of the dreams. For whatever reason. He felt it was a nevuah, get the brothers to do tshuva, so the dreams hadn't fully been fulfilled yet. After all, Yaakov didn't come down. Right? The Achad Asar and the sun and the moon. Ritzonu ha'elis apikulahavi bofanim ha'elis Yaakov. And he thought that it could be, it could be, that when Yaakov finds out that he's alive, he'll breathe a sigh of relief, but he won't come down. Why? Because in Chutz Aretz there's no Ruach HaKodesh. Yaakov didn't have Ruach HaKodesh for decades. But remember, right when he finds out Yosef's alive, he gets the Ruach HaKodesh back. There's Ruach HaKodesh in Eretz Yisrael, not in Chutz Laaretz. So Yosef thinks he's not going to want to come down. He'll come down if he still didn't know that it was Yosef yet, and once he's in Mitzrayim, oh, I got him the dreams. As we know, he didn't have all these years. But once Yaakov finds out, he won't want to come down to Mitzrayim. Remember Yonah, one of the Pshatim of Yonah? What was Yonah running away for? What was Yonah running away for? What do you think? He could run away from Hashem? So one of the Pshatim is that, no, he's going to Chutzlaretz. And Chutzlaretz, there won't be Nevoah. That's what he thought. That's why he was starting to run away. See, here too, Yosef thought, maybe he's not going to come. He's not going to want to lose it. Lochein Amar, Kipi Amadabra Aleichem. No, no, no. Me, it's me. Lashon HaKodesh. Midabra Aleichem. What's he alluding to? Ki Adua Mamar and Betainet. It says, Betainet al-Nahar Kfar, Asher Hayem Mikfar. The Gemara Darshans, as we know, Yecheskel Hanavi received Nevuah in Bavel. How did he receive Nevuah in Bavel? Because he started off receiving Nevuah in Eretz Yisrael. And then you could be Mamshich, the Kedusha of that Nevuah. Says the Meshachach be that's what Yosef is trying to tell him. Okay, he couldn't hold back. He had to tell the brothers. But he had to give the message to Yaakov, say, please don't think that you're going to lose it. The Lashon HaKodesh. You're going to have Lashon HaKodesh. You're going to have Lashon of Kedushi. You're going to have, you're going to have Ruach HaKodesh. In Lashon HaKodesh. 
Maybe Yosef had Ruach HaKodesh, somebody was expressing to him, Pia Madaber, the Pia is talking here too. And that's what he was telling Yaakov, don't be worried. Before we do the second shot, you look at Rev Salvation in source number five, on the bottom, where he also, when Yaakov later on in the Parsha, HaKadosh Baruch reveals himself to him and says, Mitzrayim, don't be scared from going down to Mitzrayim. Don't be scared. Maybe in the back of Yaakov's mind was the Ramban's pshat in Sefer Bracious. That the Avos kept the Torah, Kala Torah Kula, Achlo Nitna, only in Eretz Yisrael. And that's why Yaakov was married to two wives in Chutzvah Aretz. Rachel died on the way back in. Why is that? That's what Ramad says. Why is that? So Rav Salvechik explains because maybe they didn't have full Kedushas Yisrael except when they came into Eretz Yisrael. And only when they had full Kedushas Yisrael did they fulfill all the mitzvahs Yisrael. So now Yaakov is nervous. I'm here. I'm going to have to leave again. Now I'm going to lose Kedusha. And Kedush Baruch says, no, no, no. Now you have full Kedushas Yisrael. Yaakov was afraid that if he left Israel and went down to Egypt, he would once again lose this Kedushas Yisrael. God therefore reassured Yaakov that God himself would accompany Israel during their long sojourn in Egypt. They would not lose their Kedushas Yisrael there. Indeed, not only would Yaakov's family not lose their Kedushas Yisrael, they would gain additional sanctity. They would become a Goy Gadol, a great nation there, until they came back into Eretz Yisrael. Remember the Gemara? Right, Nisim only occur in Eretz Yisrael. I, what about you see us Mitzrayim? That was before they came back in, because that was in the building stages. Right, Gemara and Megillah. So on his way back to Haran, Yaakov was assured v'chulu. So same idea that Meshachachma, Hashem assured, and Yosef assured Yaakov, don't be nervous. Your spiritual level is not going to go down. This is part of the divine plan. This is a fulfillment of the Brisbane Habasarim. Right, maybe Yaakov, the old probably knew, but maybe Yaakov thought, you know, let the Shvatim go down. I don't have to. But Yosef wanted it to come down. Number one. There's a second shot of the Meshachach. Second shot, focusing not on the word P, but on the word Aleichem. Kipia medaber Aleichem. O Yomar, back to the Meshachach, on line 13. Don't think... Don't think that I'm asking you all to come down to give me covered. To give me covered. Because you are the, the most amazing people in Eretz Canaan, and if you come down, I'm gonna get more covered. I'm not enough mechubad. Ki Yosef haya eved. We base asurim yasalam loch. He came from the jail. Vlachen lechavin lo, im yavo yakov hagadol, bishmo biyuchuso. Vu nisielokim. They all knew. Yaakov and Avram's family, if he comes down, oh. This is where ya- this is where Yosef comes from. This is where no now they're going to be mechabed him more. That's not why I'm asking you to come down. I'm talking alechem for you. This is going to be good for you. I already have all the covet I need. I don't need any more covet. I have everything. I have covet. I have gashmias. The only thing I want is It's for you to come down. Says the Meshachachma Daika Upashut. And this is, I think, the simple pshat. My mouth is talking for you to you, or for your good. Okay. And then, we have Yosef sent to prove, besides the PM Adabra Aleichem, we have Yosef sent those famous Agalos. Those famous Agalos, Pasek Repafor Hamishi, Pasek Havzayin, they told Yaakov, just to, 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 we have to try, whenever we hear the story, we have to try to get into the emotional state that Yaakov was in Remember, he thought he lost his Olam Haba also, because he thought that he needed the Shifte Kava. His heart went off. He didn't believe them. He sees the Agalos. And of course, Chazal Darsh. What does it mean that he saw the Agalos that Yosef sent? And Yaakov's spirit was revived. So, what would the Agalos says? Rashi, 
Simon Masar Lahem, Bamahoi Osek Shapirish Bimenu, Baparshas Egla Arufa. Switch around the Nakudos a little bit. Agalos wagons, Egla Akaf, Egla Arufa. That was the last sugya that they were learning, and therefore that was the Simon that that he sent. That he sent. Fine. Says the sorry, look, look the dark and we might have quoted this before in source number six. The Dark Musar quotes a story of the Gra. Story of the Gra. Little uh, deeper idea about the Agalas. Right? There was a case of the in, the in the Vilna of a woman who was an Aguna. Her husband left her um, after the wedding and he just disappeared. Disappeared. After many, many years, a man comes back and says, I'm the husband. I'm the husband. And he gave Simanim, and this is what happened at the wedding, and this is what we spoke to, and this is what we talked about. All these Simanim. All these Simanim. And the woman had wasn't convinced. Wasn't convinced that this was her husband. She couldn't put her finger on it, but he knew all the info. He knew everything. So the Gras says, tell him to come to Shul Friday night. Tell him to come to Shul Friday night. Okay? Comes to Shul Friday night. Says the Gras to the man, okay, go sit in your Makam Kavua. Go sit in your Makam Kavua. That's not what you ask somebody. And the Gras found him out. And therefore, it was a total sham. Right, the Rush is not going to try to figure out where does he sit in shul. He'll do all the Gashmi things, the relationship. Yosef sends the Agalas. And he's Marames to the spiritual aspects of their relationship of the previous, of the previous life. So says the Darke Musar, that's, that shows that he's not a Ramai. Because a Ramai won't focus on the Dvarim Ruchaniim. Where you sit in shul and what was the last sugya that we were talking about. Right. So, Misha Ramai, I know he died to Lavari al Talmudo. Hechalamad Beza Inyan. Vachul. But that's what a Jew remembers. That's what a Jew remembers. Just parenthetically, I just, uh, I'll mention it. I mentioned, uh, this was, if you remember, in a Shabbat Drasha four or five years ago, this unbelievable story that one time there was a boy, there was a boy that came into uh, the Panovich Yeshiva. And uh, he came in and he came in for a Bechina and the, the Panovich Arav, Rav Kahneman, started testing him and the boy wasn't doing so well. The boy wasn't doing so well. He's his mind and, and the Panovich Arav asked him, he says, where are you from? Where are you from? Which town in Poland? Not from Auschwitz. It's not from Auschwitz. So he, so he said, do you remember anything from, from before? From before, before the war? He says, did you learn in yeshiva before the war? A little bit. Do you remember anything from yeshiva? Remember anything from that year? He says, yeah, I remember some. He says, do you remember anything Anything you learned? Do you remember anything? you remember the last thing you were learning? He says, I remember, I remember. He says, which mesech, do you remember which mesechta you were learning? He says, mesech is chulin. He says, you're Mesechas Chulin, you remember Mesechas Chulin? Do you remember, do you remember wh- wh- where you are, Mesechas Chulin? And the boy's like, getting a little an- anime, he's like, yeah, but whatever Dafa was, Peches. He says, Peches Chulin, Peches, do you remember what you were talking about in the Shear? You're Chulin, Peches. And he says, there's a machlokas between Rashi and Tosas, the, 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 the part of says, come here. He takes the boy, he runs down the block, he goes to the Chazonish, and he runs in, he says, he, bl- he runs into the room, he says, they could kill us, they could torture us, but they can't take away our Rashi and Tosas. They can't take away our Rashi and Tosas. Yosef could sit in jail for decades, but they can't take away Aglar Rufa. Can't take away the last topic that he was learning with his father. So, this doesn't explain why Dafka Aglar Rufa, but, that's the vart of the uh, of the gra. But the maharal, and we discussed this. Many give this pshat, but this year we'll see it through the eyes of the maharal, because we'll also see the maharal's pshat of Eglar Rufa. The maharal talks about it can't just be a coincidence. Source number seven. Ein lomar shekain ira hamaisa b'mikra shalomadimo parshas Eglar Rufa. It can't be that it was just coincidental that you know they happened to be learning Eglar Rufa. That was the last sugya. yada she how did Yosef know that his father would remember? Some say, what was the last time that Yosef and Yaakov were together? Yaakov was being melavahim. Yaakov was accompanying him out of the city. That's the exact message of Eglarufa. 
Yaakov was teaching Yosef. Or Yosef was teaching Yosef as his father. Why are you accompanying me? Just go back home. Why are you being matriach yourself? And Yaakov says there's something called Egla Arufa. Where there's a kingdom of the city. If there's an anonymous corpse found, they say, we we're sorry that we didn't walk you out. I, I walk out. Levayas Archim. Levayas Archim. The Ramam says in Ilchaz Avel, Levayas Archim is even greater than all the other Mitzvahs bin Adam HaChavero. Levayas Archim out. So that's why that was the last sugi they were discussing. It wasn't Stam. That was the last sugya, and you know, there's messages. It makes sense that that was the last sugya because Yaakov was accompanying Yosef. He knew it was him because he knew that was the that was the sugya. But the Maharal himself in the Chudushi Agados on Sota Daf Memvav, right? That's where the the Egla Rufa sugyas are discussed. They are Masechta Sota. Sota is one of those underrated Masechtas. There are certain Masechtas I like to call underrated and underappreciated. They're amazing. Sota and Avodah are my two two of the two of the big ones. That uh, they have everything. There's so much in them. Every Masechta probably is under underrated and, and underappreciated. But those two, I think, um, in certain terms. But anyway, the Marsha says, why? what's the message of, of the Levaya Sa'orchim? And that saves him, that saves him from danger? Says the Maharal, Pirish, source number eight. Kizeh ki koach ha'adam u'yoser kasher hu toklal b'nei yadam. She'oz yeish lo koach ha'rabim. When we have the schus of the tzibur, we're more protected. Because the schus of the tzibur. A yachid is more danger. Whether it's physically, right? Somebody alone is, is more, in, more uh, you know, susceptible and more um, subject to the elements than, than others. The Gemara talks about mazikim going into only when there's one, not there's two. But when a person has the koach at tzibur, then they're more protected. Says the Maharal, beautiful, when I accompany my friend out of the city, I create for him the Koach HaTzibor. So even if I don't finish the trip, but I walked him out and we, he wasn't alone. He wasn't alone. And that's what protects him. Kasher malavim oso, kasher nifrad min habrios. Vein manichin oso mil. I can't continue the whole way. We're connected. Hashem goes out with him. Hashem goes out with him. Next paragraph. There's no damage. Shaharei. Halavaya more shutocha klal, because I'm giving him the power. He's not alone. The kasher utocha klal af ho elyonim mislavim elav ad she'eno nizok kasher utocha klal. And once that power comes, then even the kochos elyonim recognize that. Avolam ein malavin also. If I let him go out by himself, and and I I deprive him of that kochat sibor that I could give him. And I could have done that. I could have done that. And therefore, one has to recognize the power that a ma'areach has by walking out the guests uh, a little bit to give them that koach, give them that koach asibor. And that was the message that um, Yosef was sending to, to Yaakov. Okay. A couple more thoughts. So they meet each other. Yaakov comes down and they cry on the shoulders. They cry on the shoulders. Yehuda sends to Goshen. Where do we have it? Perek Memvav, Pasik, Chavtes. Chavtes. He fell on his neck, and he cried. And he cried on his neck. Cried on his neck. And Rashi, of course, quotes the famous Chazal. Why does it only say 
that Yosef cried on Yaakov, not the other way around. Amr Abuseinu Shahiya He was saying Kriyashma. Yaakov was saying Kriyashma. And there's so much Torah, there's the lumdis of the of the uh, mitzvah. Why wasn't Yosef seeing Kriyashma? Was it the last second of the Zman? And he was putter because he was also mitzvah's keeper of the aim. And, and, uh, and Yaakov wasn't. That's why he was saying it. A lot of lumdis in halacha. But if you look in the Mishkan B'tzal, or B'tzal Radinsky, two ideas. Two ideas. The first point. So he says, is this the best time to say Kriyashma? So he quotes from the Sif Sechachamim. And Yaakov wasn't. But Yaakov was also Osek. Osek in Mitzvah Kvon Malchus. Right? If so, then maybe they both should have been Pater. So it says the Mishkan, two points. First, first point, the Mishkan Betzala says, he's not Medayik that Yaakov versus, Yaakov was saying Kriyashma. Okay, doesn't say that Yosef was saying Kriyashma, but maybe he says Kriyashma was a different Kriyashma for them than for us. Venera lo marsha Kriyashma shal ha'avos shone mi Kriyashma shalanu. Right? They didn't have the words of Kriyashma yet. Right? They didn't have, Shema Yisrael was, was said to Yaakov on his deathbed. So what does it mean they were saying Kriyashma? We know that the Mishnah Brachas tells us that Kriyashma, the first two parshias, have different, has a different theme. First parsha is Kabbalas o Machos Shemayim. The second parsha is Kabbalas o Mitzvos. Scharva Onesh. So first pshat says the Mishkan Mitzalel, maybe they were both saying Kriyashma. But Yaakov, what was new to each of them at this moment? They didn't have a chiyav. What did Yaakov just get back? He just got back Ruach HaKodesh. You know what he says? Hashem Elokeinu Hashem Echad. First parsha of Kriyashma. Avat Hashem. Yiras Hashem. Yichud Hashem. Yaakov is busy saying the first parsha of Kriyashma, which is Kabbalah Salmach Hashemayim, which he was just now Makabel knew for the first time in a couple of decades. Yosef HaTzadik, what was he doing? Osik B'Mitzvah. He was doing Kibbut Aveim. That second parsha of Kriyashma. That Kabbalah Salmach he didn't have anything, something new. Which he hasn't been able to do. That's symbolized by the second parsha of Kriyashma. But then he says, maybe there's a second idea. Maybe only Yaakov was saying Kriyashma. Because he was giving a message to Yosef. There's a lot of thoughts. Remember that I think it was the stipler. That quote, right? He was saying, Kriyashma, because he had such love, he wanted to channel that love to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. But says the Mishkan Betzalel here, maybe Yo- Yaakov was giving a message to Yosef by saying Kriyashma. And this this brings home a little bit of the human side. Of Yosef and, and Yaakov, if you have a child that's been away from a parent, a parent and a child for so many decades, who's going to cry harder? Who missed? Again, you could argue either way. But one can, one can identify that, that Yosef, Yosef, the Ben Zakunim, he missed his father. He was just overcome with emotion. And and maybe the the uh, the anxiety and the and the weight that he was that he was holding in for all of these decades just came out. The emotion, the raw emotion, and Yaakov was giving him a message by saying Shema Yisrael, Hashem Alokeinu. It's not a normal Bechia. It was a Bechia on the Batei Mikdash later on. Okay. But maybe Yosef was crying for the Tsaris that he went through, the Tsaris that his Tsaris symbolized. It was giving him a nechama. Why? Ma medzel Yaakov avino ayegilu yatsum ba'ashkochas haborei. Bin laila isbara liyakov. Shekama shekara liyosef bin noi latovat hatzalas klai Yisrael. All of a sudden everything made sense for Yaakov. All of his tzara. He realized what he thought was midas hadin was really midas harachamim. And all the pain that Yosef went through and maybe that was he. that's what he was declaring to Yosef. So much we think is midas hadin 
But Hashem Elokeinu. Hashem Midas Harachamim. Elokeinu Midas Hadin. Hashem Echad. He was telling his son. He was telling his son, stay strong. The past Tsarist, the future Tsaras, the future, all of them, recognize that it's all from HaKadosh Baruch Hu, realize it's Hashem Elokeinu, Hashem Echad. And that was the, that was the response to Yosef's Bechia. That was the response to Yosef's Bechia, as is said. And even if we look in the, back in the Pesukim again, where is this? This is Pasuk Haftas. Can Pasuk Haftas? Vayeber la vayipol al tzavarav, vayefk al tzavarav. He fell, vayefk. Doesn't even describe, right, Yaakov's, right, because that was a response according to this pshat. A response to the Bechia. Din and Rachamim. Okay, one final point. Which also is about trying to see the bigger picture. The end of the Parsha seems to be details that aren't so exciting. Yosef buys all the land. Yosef buys all the land. Right? They come to him. We have no more food. We have no more animals. We don't have anything. But ye can Yosef. It's called Anmas Mitzrayim Laparo. Ki machru Mitzrayim Ishsadeyu. Ki chazak alayim arav. Ve'sam hevet osam le'arim. He moved everybody around. So everybody could be gerim. Rak Anmas Kohanim Lokana. Bechul. So he buys everything. What's the significance of, of Yosef buying all the land for Paro? Says the Ramban. Source 11. Says the Ramban. What's the message of the last section of the parsha? To teach us the brilliance of Yosef. He was a loyal worker and a smart worker. And every time he could get something for Paro, he did it. He didn't pocket anything. Either to hide in Egypt or to send back to Eretz Kenan. No. The king that gave him the, the authority and the king that trusted in him, Yosef gave him everything. And the bodies, everybody. This is what exactly what Hashem wanted him to do, and this is exactly what Pyro wanted him to do. This can help answer a question also. Rabbi Ganak, in a Sefer Berchaz Yitzchak, discusses how is it possible? Right, starting to read in two weeks, Parsha Shmos, there were two million Jews. 600,000 men between 20 and 60. There were two million Jews. How were they so passive? And such a non-entity, such a slave mentality. Like, how did that happen? Hine, if you look in the middle. Bimitzrayim hayu, b'nei Yisrael b'mitzrayim hayu, achlus yeshom bas milyonei b'nei adam. V'imkenu dover mafli, eich hayu yecholam ha-mitzrayim l'shtabit ba'am kol kach atzim barav. How was there not a, um, a rebellion? Such a huge arm. And you know why? Ironically, because there was one person in charge. And everybody was scared of that person. It wasn't just the regular hierarchy with, with a lot of governmental officials. And then, then there could have been a, a rebellion. But here, Paro was it. And he ruled with an iron fist and nobody started up with him. And if you have that type of, of rulership, that type of dictatorship, then he, then he rules with an iron fist. How did he get to that position? How did Mitzrayim get to that position? That it was all one. It was all him. Yosef Atzadik. Yosef's actions in Vayigash that paved the way for Paro. And even if it wasn't the same Paro, you want to say Belachadash, it was the position. It was the position to rule with an iron fist. It, it was him. Right, we know that from later on, right? What happened in the beginning of Parsha's bow? They're saying, let them go free. The whole government is saying, let them go free. And Paro says, no. It's all Paro. 
It's all paro. Yosef was acting just loyalty. But it's right, Rabbi Ganak, so often in life, and this we mentioned in the past, last year we mentioned this from the Simon Labanim of Kashtiel, that everything we do in life is on two planes. We act as individuals, and we have Scharva Onesh, and there's Gmu, and that's one of the Animamins, but also, we are also pawns in world and Jewish history. And we sometimes we, we act in a certain way, and we don't realize how HaKadosh Baruch Hu is really using us to, to bring the goals of what he needs to be brought. Right? It's going to happen. Remember the story in Sukkah, the Malach HaMaves, right? It's, it's, it looks pretty sad. And Shlomo Malach says, why are you so sad? He's like, you see these two people over there? I have to take them, but I can't figure out how to take them. And Shlomo Malach quickly sends them to the other side of the world and at the doorway to Luz, where nobody dies, and they drop dead at the doorway to Luz. And the next day, the Malach HaMaves is, is laughing. And Shlomo says, why? He says, I could only kill them over there and I couldn't figure out how to get them there. Thank you very much. We can't run away from destiny. Remember the Gemara ends off. Ragloi to bar inish inu arvin bay, pa'aser to misbon, bon yisivin yasef. Got those last three words. But again, that where our legs are supposed to go, they're going to go. So we act with bechira chavshis, and also we act on a larger plane. That's Yosef. Yosef was acting as a loyal, as a loyal uh, servant, but he was also paving the way for bnei Yisrael to be in shibud mitzrayim, which was part of the divine plan. Also, going back to Brisbane Abbasarim. So we have to take that also as, as, a, as a, hopefully as a feeling of inspiration. We act, but Kodesh Baruch Hu is also behind the scenes pulling the strings. We're actors and we're also puppets at the same time. We have to act as if we're actors, but we also have to recognize that we're also puppets and the, the great uh, director of the world you know, is, is really leading it towards, leading the world towards the ultimate goal uh, and Be'ez Hashem, that is, as we read in the Haftorah, to Mashiach ben Yosef, Mashiach ben David, to the Shaket, to come back together into one stick, and uh, we daven for the day that we're all united um, under that one banner. Okay, we'll stop here.